If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. We're so glad you're here for another One Voice podcast. I'm Mary O'Brien with Nicole Braddock-Bromley, and we have to start out by saying, what is this world we are living in right now? This is not a world. What's happening? I don't know. I'm not here for it. Oh. It's hard. It is. I mean, I think for a while there, I was kind of like, why am I feeling triggered by this? This has nothing to do with my abuse, you know, the trauma and all that. But in some ways it was, it was connecting me back to that. And I was hearing, as I put that out on some of the socials, I was hearing back a lot of the same thing from other survivors that they were struggling something deep and these weird times, you know, the social distancing, the isolation for many unemployment and changes like daily, everything's Mm -hmm. changing. You never know what's going to happen with your job or, you know, what they're going to shut down next. So the lack of control, all those things, obviously, if you break it down, that is triggering for survivors. It, this whole pandemic is taking a toll. And I think what I had to sit with at first was that the way I was feeling triggered, the fears that were popping up, the things that I was hearing from other survivors that, is just to know that it's normal. That was the first thing for me was just understanding that these are these are normal feelings and and it's okay to feel them, to not, you know, think that we're overreacting right now, but to be willing to sit and look at what those feelings are. And so that's a little bit little bit of what I wanted to unpack today, just how are we going to survive this quarantine? How are we supposed to stay home and sit with our own feelings and, you know, not run from them? Um, So kind of just a little bit of a roadmap, I guess, to Mm -hmm. start us out. And honestly, I wanted this to be sort of a survival guide that goes on for maybe the next couple of months, because unfortunately, the reality is we're probably going to be home the next couple months. I know. How? (laughs) Why? Oh, it's just, first of all, just wrapping your brain around that, I think, is the first step of like, just realizing it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I've had to continue to tell myself that. (laughs) Right. Right. And yesterday when I told my kids, if they called for me one more time and didn't hear from me, it's because I ran away. (laughs) And being willing to say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. Like, this is going to go on for a while. We're going to say things we didn't mean, (laughs) but we're going to make it through. We just have to, I think, be willing to communicate with our people. And a big part of this podcast is going to be about learning how to communicate with ourselves. So I think that's where it's all got to start. Um, We've talked in the past uh, in some of our other podcasts about how trauma affects us. And in many ways it can be broken down to two ways. Like trauma tells us either to be hypervigilant, which means like right now in this pandemic, it means I have to have all the information and the news in order to stay safe. Like I've got to get it all. I've got to digest it all. And then that gets so overwhelming. Right. 
or the other direction for many of us, trauma tells us to be absent or to check out. So, you know, I might be in the Zoom meeting, but am I really in the Zoom meeting? <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Am I checking Twitter on the side? Is my, you know, my freshly porn whiskey sitting behind the camera? <laughs> you know, am I really here? <laughs> yeah. Because trauma tells us that we aren't safe. And if we aren't safe, we have to check out. So it's oftentimes one or the other. And I think for me personally, just to be honest, I go back and forth between the two, um, depending on the day, depending on the hour. Um, but we have to figure out ways to survive this, to not go to those extremes. And because my fear is that for survivors, especially because obviously those are the people, our people, um, that our bad days in quarantine would become so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And I think we just need to kind of at least come together to know, again, this stuff is normal, but there are some ways that we can work out our healing journey, even though, you know, we're stuck at home, even though we're scared. So for me, what this weird time and what this stay at home order has been teaching me is that self-care is not what we've always said it is. It's not the hair, the nails, the facial, the massage, all that stuff. True self-care, it has to be more than that right now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, my nails are a public atrocity <laughs> right now, and there is no one out there to fix it. Uh -uh. And I've <laughs> so seen you paint your own nails, and we definitely don't want that either. <laughs> you just put the paint on, you get in the shower and somehow it comes off the skin. So you don't have to be perfect. It might take a few showers. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't even want to know how long it's been since you've washed your hair, Mary. Hey, I've actually been doing pretty good. I'm on like day four maybe of not washing. So yeah. Well, that's about normal for you. Exactly. But just to get through this quarantine, we need self-care. I think that runs, runs deeper than all that, right? Mm -hmm. Like to me, what I've been learning is self-care looks more like listening to your inner voice, tending to your inner child, trusting, you know, your true self. So everything's stripped away. We feel all this loss of control. Life's getting hard. We're scared. We're anxious. What do we do? And I think I'm learning that all of those feelings are not signals to react anymore. There are signals that we're human. We're, we're supposed to feel those things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but survivors, we learn to abandon ourselves because that was our protection. We dissociated, right? We numbed out, we acted out and those things served us then. Um, we needed those tactics to survive our abuse. I remember writing about that in Hush quite a bit, like to not shame yourself for the things that helped you survive, but are they working for you now? Mm. The truth is a lot of them aren't, they're not serving us now. The food, the cutting, the scrolling, the shopping, you know, the sex, the gossip, the pills, whatever it is, the ways that we now run from ourselves, the, the things we're feeling, our fears. And then we wonder why, why we feel so alone, why we can't trust anybody. We can't even trust ourselves when we're feeling something because we're running from ourselves. So what this stay at home order for me, as I've been kind of just dissecting it, has meant staying at home with myself to understand myself more, to sit with my fear, to sit with the pain because it's part of a human experience and feeling them means I'm human. Mm -hmm. So um, just getting to know like the voice that's within us, we have to be willing to be quiet with ourselves, 
just long enough, right? Just to sit in whatever discomfort it, it is or to validate and to see the part of me that might feel afraid, might want to run, might want to not feel the things I'm feeling, but to welcome that inner child and to say like, let's learn a new way. Cause we can't even do some of the old ways anymore. We have to learn a new way um, to begin to work through some of these feelings and fears. So part of that for me has been just like knowing that all feelings are welcome right now. They deserve to be heard. They deserve to be respected and making space for grief, even crying for some people who have a hard time doing that processing, but we have to not shame ourselves. I think for feeling the feelings. (laughs) Yeah. I think the circumstances, and I've said this to you, Nicole, and also my counselor, the circumstances are awful of what's going on. And I hate it. It breaks my heart. It's so sad. Um, The pain is so hard to look at. Mm. Uh, But in the silver lining, this is such a moment of discovery for all of us. I feel that have just been trucking along and just trying to survive and you just suck it up for so long that it's like you're praying for a breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And then like, as I look at this quote breakthrough, it's not coming the way I had hoped or the way I would like because of all the heartache that's coming with this, but I'm trying to spin it and bring something good out of it. And it is like you said, sitting with emotions and feelings and doing those things that are so easy to put on the back burner yeah. Um, and just kind of ignore and numb out when quote regular life is going on, but now everything is in our face and it's like, all right, honey, you better pull up those bootstraps because it's yeah. time to, it's time to get in there while you're caring for yourself. Right. Yeah. It's a healthy balance of, of being willing to do the things we need to do. Meanwhile, taking a moment to ground ourselves when we're feeling all the feels, you know, like, I had put off a Zoom meeting that I wanted to surprise a survivor support group. They've been meeting in another state and now they're meeting online and the um, organizer invited me to come in and surprise them. And, you know, last week I just couldn't do it. I, I, I didn't have it in me. And so I asked if I could postpone and she said, well, yeah, you can, but the next week is our last week. Oh, it'll be really exciting for them to close out They're They're going through your book, breathe. It'll be really fun for them to close out next week. So I was like, Oh, perfect. Well, then that day came along and yesterday was a bad day for me. And you know, I, again, I already shared, I told the kids that I was about to run away. So we're, we're there. We're at that point. We also, um, I thought, you know what? I am, I'm really going after it today. We, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to be the Pinterest goddess. I am going to do Girl Scout cookies with my kids because they love the Samoas. And I found a recipe online. It was like, tastes just like, um, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to do it through this quarantine. The kids have developed this amazing excitement for baking. So that's (laughs) been fun for me. Yeah. I thought, well, let's do that together and and that'll be good. Um, Well, they turned out, you don't even want to know. They were like huge, sad looking hula hoops. We had to end up eating with a fork. They were so big. I shared a picture of it on the socials and someone said they look like the cinnamon crunch bagels from Panera. (laughs) And they actually did. You sent a picture to me though, and what was on it. And I know that they were big hula hoops, but it still looked like it would taste yummy even with a fork. I'm not above eating a cookie with a fork. They were 
but let's just say it was a mess and we were all hating each other like by step three out of 94 steps like it was just not a fun time it ended up tasting good but it was just bad but I don't know for me it was like throughout that whole day I was not even feeling it about getting on that survivor support group Mm -hmm. but it was my last chance to do it and I knew I wanted to do it it just wasn't fitting into how I was feeling. And so I had to eventually just be like, I got to just do this. And you know that I had so much fun last night with those women. Like they were so surprised and so excited and they had amazing questions and we had great conversation. And I got off of that call at like 11 o'clock at night or something. And I felt more alive at that time of day than I had all day. But I just, sometimes you do, you've got to just be willing to do some of those hard things. Yes. Oh, good for you. You can do hard things, but you can't do impossible things. So I'm never going to make Girl Scout cookies again. Oh my gosh. Never say never. But I do think part of this whole thing of the survival of COVID-19 is truly lowering expectations. Mm -hmm. Truly. You know, we have to be easier on ourselves. I started out this whole thing, you know, I have to homeschool my kids now, which I mean that homeschooling, I would say if I were to list all of the gifts that God has given me, um, probably be the very last one. Oh, stop. Come on. No. (laughs) I am so bad at it. It is just, it's so hard. And I, you know, me, like I started out at the beginning of quarantine. I had, I showed you the poster board of like hour to hour of what we would do, creative time, academic time, you know, outside time, yeah, all the stuff. And I mean, it was like six hours a day of school. And then about a weekend, I mean, we, this house was not happy. It was, it was not cute, but you know, we were getting stuff done, but like we weren't, we didn't like each other. But then about a week in the teachers email and they're like, parents, just so you know, like we only expect you to do about an hour and a half to two hours of school max per day. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, that <laughs> makes things a little bit better. But then now we're making Girl Scout cookies and we'll get the balance. But I think part of it is going easier on ourselves. You know, we, we need to just try to do things easier, push the easy button, lower expectations. You know, none of us have ever done a worldwide pandemic ever. Not even my great grandmother. I asked her, (laughs) I said, what do I do? She goes, I don't know. I've never lived through this. Oh, right. (laughs) So we don't know how to navigate it except just to do it one day at a time. And that I think is what's helping me right now. One day at a time there. And that's the thing too, as a naturally anxious person. And I was talking with my counselor again about this recently. And she told me, she said, you don't have to be so all or nothing. Um, Because with anxiety, it's just either hot or cold, you're in or out, you're black and white. And she said, you have to learn to survive in this craziness right now, which is not going to be black and white, which is so gray. And I'm like, you're right. And our emotions try to tell us that, you know, they're going to win and they're accurate and they're right. And you have to just tell them to shut up sometimes and have someone speak truth in your life and just focus on today the next five minutes, the next hour, the next, and that's where I've tried to really train myself and my anxiety that I just have to worry about today and that's it. And we'll survive and it's going to be all right. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Um, I was talking with another friend of mine who shared her therapist had given her some questions to ask herself each day, just sort of a check-in kind of what you're talking about, you know, taking it day by day. And mm. it was, the list was something like, what do you do when you feel most anxious? Mm. What are you trying to control? That's not in your control. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you taking care of your body? You know, making sure to eat. A lot of survivors have reported that, that they are having to actually set alarms on their phone to make sure these certain things don't get forgotten. Yeah. Um, you know, making sure you eat walking or, or some sort of exercise. Cause I think a lot of us tend to neglect certain things when life feels out of control and just wanting to make sure we're combating that. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, even just taking your medicine, drinking water, Lord Jesus, help me drink my water. <laughs> you with the water thing, my friend. Oh, I've, I've purchased you a water bottle and you have multiple. I've seen them in your house. So I don't get it. I don't get it. It is an essential part of life. (laughs) I know. know. Right now I'm blaming it on the fact that my ice maker broke. Okay. Regular temperature cold water. I have to drink it with ice or it doesn't taste good. First world problems, excuses, excuses. I know. I know. It's sad. Jesus saved me again. Um, other questions that she had shared, what specific boundaries do you need to be really careful to put in place to avoid spiraling into panic? Those are good. And mm-hmm. I think, well, it's, it's easier, I think, to place boundaries with people now because I mean, the fed said, I can't leave my house and you can't leave yours. So sorry, we can't hang out. Like, sorry, we're not doing dinner this month. Like, I don't know. It's, but there's still boundaries we have to put in place for, you know, our own selves for sure. Mm-hmm. And are you being intentional to maintain honest connection with your people? That's really good. Disconnection's a recipe for disconnection from yourself, I think. Yeah. You know, being really grateful for the people that you have in your nucleus or whatever, like your inner circle of inspiration that you're constantly feeling connected, knowing you're not alone, reminding them they're not alone. Those are such important pieces to our survival. And then routine, I think is really important too. keeping a sameness within your day, just anchor points throughout your day so that, you know, honestly, I heard someone say recently that, um, by saying a one grounding routine can be saying the current date and locating yourself within that moment, including you're with. Yeah. Or the place you're at. So for example, like it's April 8th, 2020, I'm in my home where I feel secure. I'm with my dog who makes me feel safe and loved and isn't abusive to me. Just like connecting your brain back with the present moment and just reassuring all the parts of you that you're not back where your trauma occurred, even though exactly. you're telling yourself that. Yeah. Well, and also a grounding technique that someone had shared with me is just your, your senses, your sight, sound, smell, taste, you know, as you're sitting there, I smell a balsam for a candle. I'm eating a almond joy candy bar. I'm petting my little puppy Kira. Um, I'm doing, and again, those are something to bring your body back to center and just remind yourself that I'm here. Yeah. You're now and yeah. it's okay. But I love just that anchor point. Just that terminology is so good. 
Right. Well, especially because we don't even know what day it is anymore. Oh my gosh. I'm like, did you know? I shower? When did I wash my hair? Ah! <laughs> I read a, a female comedian tweet the other day that she, you know, she never knows what day of week it is anymore. Neither do I. Yeah. So every morning she and her husband, when they wake up, they say, good morning, it's Wednesday or whatever day it is. <laughs> And last week, um, her husband got up and added, good morning, it's Friday, I'm Joe, and you are Kathy. <laughs> like, we don't even know our names anymore. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. So it seems to me that self-care within this type of world we're in right now is more about the not abandoning ourselves. It's listening to ourselves. It's trusting ourselves. It's delivering to ourselves what we need to survive the pain and the fears and not running away. So I think a really good thing to do right now, and I've been posting some journal prompts on my socials, if you want to check some of those out, um, but making a list, even just journaling ways that maybe you've always run from yourself in the past, things that aren't working right now and a list of things that would ground you. So what can you do to help yourself stay at home with yourself and begin to trust yourself? This is a whole new way of working out your healing. This part of our journey is like so new and we're all on it. And I'm doing this right now. Like I want to learn to trust myself so well that I can sit with myself and I can listen to myself and trust myself and give myself what I need so that when I come out of this quarantine, I'm going to be a different person. And so maybe make a list. What are the things that you can do in those moments that you would usually run? What can you do instead? So for me, it might be like, take a bath, walk the dog. For you, it might be take a nap. Not for me, it would be drink water, but it should be <laughs> on my list. Um, yeah. Exercising, you know, maybe read a book, open a window, start a craft. Not a Pinterest craft, though. Not a Pinterest craft, yeah. We're talking simple here, not superhero. Yes. Right. I just yesterday built a fort with my five-year-old son mm-hmm. and got inside of that with him. And even in that moment, I had a self-awareness of love for myself and little Mary. Um, and it it was so funny because it wasn't even something that I prompted. It was just kind of naturally there as I was sitting in the still, Mm -hmm. which I never do because it's uncomfortable and I hate it and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it was just like this little gift that was handed to me and I kind of just soaked it in and we were being goofy and acting like we were sleeping and then laughing and playing. We had our tortoise outside. And, um, (laughs) I think we have to just carve out those little times where the moments of, hope and the moments of just raw, real, pure innocence and emotion from our past can reemerge and have life and breath put back into it. Wow. You know, and that speaks to sort of what we're talking about here, this new place on the healing journey of learning to listen, listen to the inner child Mm -hmm. and give her what she needs. And so what you're sharing right there is a lot of that. Like it, it's grounding, it's being in nature, it's, it's going back to your childhood, it's, um, it's an action, you're doing something with your child, you're entering into his world, you're being intentional in the moment, you're not thinking about the next thing you need to do. Nope. And meanwhile, you're not only doing something for him, but you're doing something for you and you're doing something for your inner child. Yeah. You're, you're speaking life into her and like you said, hope. And that is really cool. So 
Yeah, I am like not a fan of all the people who are finding the positives of this whole <laughs> freaking pandemic. In fact, I don't want to talk to them right now. Uh huh. It's driving me crazy because I want <laughs> to acknowledge the grief. I mean, it's Holy Week, for goodness sake. Like, let's lament right now and really feel this. But at the same time, there are those little glimpses. And that's also what Holy Week is about too, like that there is light at the end of this tunnel and it's not always going to be like that. And having those little moments, I think are really precious and it can be a reminder to our inner child, you know, that this is going to end and I'm going to care for you Mm -hmm. all the way until we get there. That's really, really good reminder. And speaking of that, I think another grounding technique to remember is just taking a moment to talk to God too. I mean, Mm -hmm. in some ways I I found more times to be able to do that now than I usually am because of my busy schedule or whatever. Because Lord knows I'm not busy now. (laughs) (laughs) And just, yeah, like you said, slowing down, sitting with ourselves, listening to our body, listen to our fears, responding kindly to Mm. what we're hearing. And that is one thing I'm really trying to learn is to be kind to myself. And if we could all be kinder to ourselves and not shame ourselves for the things we're feeling, we are going to be different humans when we come out of this. All I think about is a yoga instructor um, that when we were allowed to go, Nicole, that we used to go to the classes. And I remember before yoga was like a part of our life, it was such a foreign concept when we went in the class and we're trying to do these like really hard poses and you and I from playing sports are so stiff and like creaky. And, and she just kept saying, no judgment no judgment on yourself. And if you can't do that pose, you know, you just tweak things a little bit. And it was just like soaking that in. And I say that out loud to myself all the time when I'm in the kitchen or I'm trying to put on an outfit that I look like a stuffed sausage. And I'm like, no judgment, no judgment, no judgment, no judgment. I'm like constantly saying it around the house. My son and husband are looking at me and it's just, it's that constant reassurance that like, who cares what it is? It's no judgment, no judgment, no judgment all day long. Every day, all day. Yes. Yes. No, that's good. It's freeing and allows us to really access all the parts of ourselves. Yes. Otherwise you're shutting parts down because you're judging it. Like let's access all of who we are. Mm -hmm. And, and I think about like the ways that we judge ourselves, the ways that we, um, you know, we're afraid of our fears. (laughs) We're afraid to feel, we don't want to feel, we numb our feelings. We're running away. If a friend came to you with all of these feelings and these judgments and these fears, we would never walk away from that friend. Right. We would never tell them to not express them. Right. If it was a true dear friend that we cared so deeply about, Mm -hmm. we would sit, we would create space for that. We would allow all of it to come out. So I think we have to let ourselves feel and express And we have to listen and love ourselves just the same way. If we can do this slowly now when we're almost forced to, right? Mm -hmm. Little doses of self-love that we can give to ourselves like we might give to a friend. um, I think over time, they're going to add up. And we're going to come out of this crisis. We're going to have learned how to show up for ourselves like we have always done for friends. But now we can do it for ourselves. We can learn to trust ourselves and the world's going to be a better place if all of us as survivors come out of this quarantine alive and empowered. And maybe just for me, 
sometimes just drinking water and showing up on a Zoom call is enough. And those little things will add up. Last night, I drank the water while doing the Zoom call and listened to me today. Right? Look, I'm a new woman. Get this girl on a stage. (laughs) Get me out of the house. (laughs) So be patient with yourselves. This stuff is going to take time. Yeah. Day by day, hour by hour, you're not alone. We love you so much. I'm thinking of so many of you all the time. And just know that we're going to be here for you. We're going to put out, you know, a whole series of just survival. We'll have guests, but most importantly, you'll have Mary. (laughs) And we're going to get through this. We're going to laugh. We're going to look back on it. We're going to have learned and we're going to be better for it. So we love you guys so much. Hang in there. If you need to reach out for help, you can do it. Call the National Sexual Assault Hotline, 800-656-HOPE, or online.rain, with two N's, online.rain.org. As always, services are free, confidential, 24-7, and whether you're a survivor or a loved one, we are here for you. For more encouragement along this journey and just surviving, especially right now, it's going to be a ton of stuff posted on Facebook. Just type in all one word, one voice.